Hello, and welcome back. Once again, it's Trouble Consultants, the life and times of the Dirty Pair, a podcast where we go episode by episode and video by video through the entire Dirty Pair anime canon and look at it from the perspective of a classic anime fan, a modern anime fan, and someone who has never seen Dirty Pair before. Um, I am Aaron Mills. I'm one of your co-hosts for this madness uh, representing the classic anime fan, representing our modern anime fan, is my co-host, Liam Cunningham, a.k.a. Lack the Watcher. Hello, everybody. And also, and representing the person who has never seen Dirty Pair before, uh, you've heard her, uh, she's uh, been mentioned several times um, on my streams, she's been there, all that. Uh, she is currently one of the co-hosts of the Thespian Talk podcast. We have Michelle Speck, a.k.a. Phoenix Eleven. Hello. Welcome. Hi. All right. So just to verify, Michelle, uh, before we gave you your homework assignment, you have never seen Dirty Pair in any capacity at all, correct? I have not watched it. All right. Cool. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so we're once again, we're going to do two episodes of the TV series. Uh, first off, episode four, The Chase Smells Like Cheesecake and Death. And episode five, Kratos' heartbeat, or the heartbeat of Kratos, depending on how directly you want to translate. We're going by what Nozomi actually put on the episodes here. Um, we're going to actually, before we want to make sure that uh, before we move on, uh, as always, um, Michelle, having never seen Dirty Pair before, what was your general impressions having seen these episodes? So 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so eighties, and actually, um, as well, I'm sure we'll get into, uh, kind of a total whiplash because one was hilarious and the other one was a, a lot. Well, I want to say darker, comparatively darker, but not like dark dark. But yeah, um, but I enjoyed them, um, and yeah, like the elevation and everything. <laughs> and the only thing I'll say. And this isn't against them; it's it's more my problem. Is like when I'm watching anything, I tend to like watch half watch and do it different, you know, do something else. But because they're subtitled, I had to pay attention. Right. <laughs> so, but no, I I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, like just the initial reaction so eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the tunes, even though obviously it wasn't in English. I did like the songs. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna actually do something a little bit different. Um. If anyone here who's listening is familiar with the excellent gaming YouTuber Super Butterbun, she has a gag in her beginner for beginner series where she just lists off a bunch of stuff that actually is in the uh, the game she's she's talking about. I've decided to do the same thing for these episodes. Everything but one on this list happens in these two episodes. Things that actually happen. We have vague jokes about menstruation, cheesecake-eating cats, reckless driving, inappropriate motorcycle parking, a three-hour marriage, inadvertent hair bank robbery, train derailment, use of gender stereotypes to avoid arrest, grand theft auto, complete disregard of drawing scale, wrestling cheats, hashtag blue lives matter, playing footies with Ma, Moogie's love life, possible statutory rape, bureaucracy, PTSD, drone strike, Kaiju underwear fighting, public indecency, rolling pins in space, 80s rock stars with grudges, never getting your rental deposit back, self-sacrificing robots, ditching your best friend for a date, and the 1974 Green Bay Packers. <laughs> That's such a long list, I genuinely can't remember which is the thing that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 74 yeah. Green Bay Packers. 
Yeah. Everything well, else on that list did, does, in fact, happen in these two episodes. I did catch the registration joke. I did, that made me laugh. Yep. So that'll segue us into uh, episode four of the TV series. The chase smells like cheesecake and death. And basically we (laughs) open with the fallout from the events of episode one, where everybody's trying to get all the repairs done from when uh, Kay and Yuri caused the entire apartment tower to start leaning over. Um, During all this, as uh, we see, even Kay's doing some repairs in their apartment while she's watching professional wrestling. (laughs) Because let's go back to the origins of this whole thing. Yeah, this episode has a lot of stuff in it. A lot of stuff. Actually, if you'll think about it, both these episodes are chase episodes, more or less. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Kind of flip sides of the same coin. Um, I don't know if all the things in this episode are necessarily synergistic. (laughs) No, but they're funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, while they're doing repairs, uh, Chief Ghoulie calls Kay and Yuri, tells him he's got an assignment for him. Um, Yuri kind of make, says it's that time of the month for her, and he's like, wait, you mean? And she's like, I have a date! And it's like, for God's <laughs> sake. And of course, that doesn't fly in there. So they're sent to this research lab where, for some inexplicable reason, in the best 80s why would you do that research possible? A scientist is working on a new muscle fortifier and has decided to test it out on a cat. Um, because science? Because science. <laughs> a muscle fortifier which, if successful, will give a human being the ability to destroy a building with their bare hands. Kay and Yuri's response? Pfft, amateurs. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what the point of that would be. Seriously. I really don't. Yeah. Much less why you would give that kind of ability to a cat. It is trouble waiting to happen, isn't it? It is. Um, It's basically planning of the cats just waiting to happen. You know, it's like if cats got thumbs, we'd all be doomed. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So my plan was the door because if a bear can open a door, sky's the limit. <laughs> that's, that's a Mike Birbiglia bit. It's nice. Mike Birbiglia <laughs> is great. Um. So anyway, so the scientist wants them to go find the cat and bring it back, and the cat apparently eats cheesecake, like to the point of finding out where all the bakeries in town or cake shops, as they call them, it's a fucking bakery. Not that that actually works, by the way. Huh? (laughs) Not that that plan that they have actually works in any way. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, so, basically the cat goes and the cat, like, is hitting all the cheesecake joints in town. And so Kay and Yuri decide to go ahead and, you know, um, stake out a couple of them. According to the computer, because it's the (laughs) 80s and the computers know everything. The cat's going to show up at one of two locations, and they're waiting, and the cat does, in fact, show up at the one where Kay's at, after she's eaten, like, 12, like, nearly, like, two dozen plates of cheesecake, and starts exercising right there in in the restaurant to work it off. Wait. I'm confused. I thought that... Uh, go on, go on. Go on. 
What? What's the problem? What? I, it's, <laughs> well, I, I don't want to. I, I don't know how much we want to spoil the ending, but no, I we don't want to. No, no, we don't want to spoil the ending. Not yet. Okay. Okay. All right, all right. So, um, anyway, so the cat in question shows up. It's this bright pink cat, and it steals the cheesecake. Somehow manages to just leap right through the plate glass window. Kay follows directly behind it. And when I say directly behind it, I mean she grabs a tray and also jumps through the plate glass window. Jumps on a motorcycle and in standard Kay in traffic fashion causes about five or six dozen accidents. <laughs> raising everybody's insurance rates. Um, yeah. Yuri jumps on her own motorcycle and heads out trying to meet up with Kay. Um, the cat runs right to where there's a wedding, um, <laughs> jumps in the back of the car, Kay tries to get their attention, they don't know what's going on because they can't see the cat, the cat is hiding behind her luggage, and keep in mind, this is a running theme, nobody, un nobody else involved in any of these interactions sees the goddamn cat, okay, <laughs> so all they know is these two crazy women are showing up. <laughs> Doing the causing massive damage for n apparently no good reason. Well, no reason. This is not a good reason for any of this to be happening. Anyway, so they so Kay follows the couple to the um to the hotel where they're staying. The couple in question, he's trying to get frisky, he's like, let's take a bath together and thumb wrestle. It's like what? It's like the worst euphemism I've ever heard. Um, but she's like, no, you go first. So he goes into the bathroom. The cat is in the bathroom. No sooner does he go in there than Kay literally drives the motorcycle into the room through the door. How the hell did she get it up there? This is some big elevators. It is. Or wide staircases or something. <laughs> Your rumor's here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she crashes down, runs into the bathroom to try to get the cat. <laughs> the bride, naturally, because of the way she phrases everything, the bride thinks this is like an old girlfriend <laughs> of, her husband, of her new husband. He doesn't know what's going on. The cat gets away. Kay goes, out the, go, goes off after it. The bride, of course, naturally flips out, and it's like, who was that? You, I want a divorce. So we see Kay chase the cat for a bit, and then we repeat the scene, only this time with Yuri. <laughs> like, almost beat for beat. No, no, we have to be fair. She did come in more politely. She did. Yeah, she did actually walk in <laughs> rather than drive the motorcycle into the... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Anyway, so she repeats the the beat and uh, repeats it, goes in, finds out she's late, runs back out again, and then, of course, the bride is like, and who was that? <laughs> We're through. We're definitely getting a divorce now. After he had just calmed her down. So, yeah, congratulations, guys. You just ruined a brand new marriage. Well done. <laughs> and can we just touch on the bride and groom's names? Because I, as soon as I heard her name, I thought, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, uh, yeah, Romeo and Julieta. That's, that's <laughs> it's just like, uh, they were doomed from the start. 
But at least they ain't dead. As far as we know. Yeah. As far as we know, because we will never see them again. <laughs> Twas doomed. Twas doomed. All right, so after more chasing through the streets, uh, we discover that there is somebody, there are, once again, it's the return of the Blues Brothers looking motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> It's like if they need generic, shady-looking guys, that's where they go to. <laughs> There's like four of them this time, and they're like follow. They're following Kay, but Kay's pretty sure they're following the cat for some reason. Um, the cat runs into a hair bank. <laughs> Which initially I thought is this some kind of like lost in translation kind of thing or like some weird joke I'm not getting. No, it's his hair bank right on the wall, so. Yeah, yeah, this is no, not it's... this is not an English situation where they just picked it because they thought it looked good. This is it is actually a hair bank. People come in, they donate their hair follicles, they're kept on ice, and then when they start losing their hair, the hair follicles get reimplanted on their head. Apparently, yeah. I mean, it is a plot point. It's like, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like. Hair bank. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's worth mentioning that Haruka Takachiho is a bald man. So. <laughs> um, so the cat gets into the vault of the hair bank because it leaps on the car with the latest samples. Uh, Kay wants to go in, you know, in typical bullheaded Kay fashion. Yuri wins out and says they just want to see what the facility looks like. They take him down to the vault. Um, the cat is in the vault. Meanwhile, the Blues Brothers looking guys are looking at the blueprints and are like, yeah, we need to get into the vault here. Okay, uh, we're going to do this. And uh, they decide the best way to get into the vault is to derail the subway. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the vault. With me, so they start derailing the, derailing the subway track. <laughs> Kay, Kay finally has enough when the guy won't let them actually into the vault proper. Pulls out the gun. The guy flips out. He opens up the vault. They go in. The two guys who are down there go. And naturally, they call the cops. Kay and Yuri haven't <laughs> identified themselves yet. Actually, no. I'm sorry. They do, but the guys don't know what the hell the 3WA is. Yeah. They have no clue what the 3WA is. Is it selling caramels? I what? <laughs> it's like three WA and lovely angels. Yeah, you think caramels after because of that? It's yeah. Like, what? Huh? Is it a promotion? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, lovely angels could easily be like misinterpreted as like a stripogram or something. <laughs> like... Yeah. Anyway, so. They get into the vault. They've tried to. They 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 get a hold of the cat, but no sooner do they do so than the damn subway comes plowing through the wall. <laughs> the Blues Brothers looking guys come up looking to get the cat for some reason. We still don't know why. And yeah. um, meanwhile, the police have arrived. Like all the police have arrived. <laughs> Like, every cop in the city has arrived because all they heard was bank robbery. Not hair bank robbery. They show up. Um, 
<laughs> Naturally, they assume, because, of course, they're dressed like the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers-looking guys are ro- the ones robbing the bank. Um, as it turns out, the leader is, in fact, bald, to which the cop, <laughs> the, the detective in charge, has the best reaction ever. Well, I thought it was weird that it was a hair bank, ro- hair bank being robbed, but now I see why. <laughs> <laughs> Miss yourself. Yeah. I am the best detective ever. <laughs> Kay and Yuri, the cat gets out again, runs down the street. Kay and Yuri, rather than just explaining they're with the three WA for some reason to the cops, instead yeah. just pretend to be, oh, help us, we're poor, helpless females. We were held hostage by these men. And it's like, this was after they had kicked the asses of the, of the Blues Brothers guys. Even the boss of the gang is like, wait a minute, you were the ones kicking the crap out of us! I have to say, to be fair, in that instance, it's probably more efficient to say, oh, hell, oh thank you, um, kind sir, for rescuing us, rather than trying to explain everything, because they were on a time crunch. Yeah, because they don't know when that the chemical is supposed to go into effect. Yeah. Um. So they go huff. They run off. But as soon as they pass by the two guys in, they're like, "Wait, those are the robbers!" <laughs> and the chase is back on. <laughs> but things get even more complicated. Now we need to backtrack just a little bit. You remember that Kane was watching wrestling? Turns out one of the wrestlers is the brother. Is the brother? Jesus Christ! Is the sister of the scientist who's creating the muscle fortifier? Guess who happens to join the chase at this point? Her and her wrestling partner. You may also be wondering where Moogie is during all of this. <laughs> Moogie is talking to cats. The the Blues Brothers parallels are getting clearer and clearer. Oh yeah. In this episode. So yeah. once again, cat is being chased. Cops are uh, Ch- K and Yuri are chasing the cat. Cops are chasing Kay and Yuri. Wrestlers are chasing Kay and are chasing the cat. This chase goes all the way through the streets of the city, and I might add, completely ignores the standard scale of building to automobile. <laughs> just literally, there's a scene where everybody turns the thing, and cars go crashing into buildings, and all of a sudden the cars are like half the size of these three or four story buildings. I love animation <laughs> errors. I really do. <laughs> Finally, it all comes to a head when everybody, and I mean everybody, Kay, Yuri, the cat, the wrestlers, all the police. The professor, Marianne. (laughs) Rocket. Donkey. (laughs) And I'm Roy. Anyway. McLeod. McLeod. Chief. McLeod. McLeod. (laughs) Bruce Tim, you son of a bitch! What are you doing here? <laughs> so they all end up on this section of freeway that is being helicoptered into position. It is not in position yet. They are helicoptered into the position. The cops, because they're all in cars, Kay and Yuri lose their vehicle. The wrestlers lose their vehicle. So all that's on here are these cop cars who are now forced to repeatedly go forward and back up to prevent from flipping the entire section. Meanwhile, Kay and Yuri 
find <laughs> out that the that the Blues Brothers guys were pretty much hired by the wrestlers so they could get the cat and get the vitamin fortifier so they could be strong stronger in matches. So they're cheating. And they were already winning. They were already champions. Yes, they were. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and so the cops are like scrabbling back and forward for their lives. There's a typical fight and whatnot. And all this nonsense. And then eventually, finally, even the guys, and like the guy in the helicopter, the construction worker, is like guiding people. Back up three meters. Now pull forward. Now back up. Oh, forget it. If you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to have lunch. <laughs> It's like this episode was written with jigsaw puzzle pieces. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like they just picked a bunch of set pieces and threw it at a put them on a dartboard and just yeah. hurled a sucker. But anyway, ultimately, yes, Kay and Yuri beat the wrestlers. They get the cat, and then they take the cat back to the lab. And guess what? It's the wrong goddamn cat. The cat in question is a female. They've been chasing a dude the whole time. <laughs> the cats are fucking identical. How many pink cats can there possibly be in this city? I mean, it is the future. You don't know. It's like, steel cheesecake? Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> and finally, it all ends, and we discover that even though they found, Kay and Yuri found the wrong cat, Moogie found the right cat. And we end with a lovely, tender, vaguely romantic ish shot on the beach with the two of them. I mean wow and that's basically the episode um, it was amazing special appearance by Jake Hammerquist hey Jake oh hello am I interrupting something yes Kinda. we're recording the podcast Jake well, okay should I, should I leave I should probably leave <laughs> see you <laughs> Did you not see the channel we were in? He's gone, he's gone. Oh my god. I'm keeping that in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. Why not, right? Why not? We've already decided. Oh god, these podcasts get progressively terrible. I love it. It's, it's kind of appropriate considering how many people show up in this episode. <laughs> I love this episode. I do. I forgot how wonderfully stupid it is. Because I am a sucker for a good chaotic chase. I really am. And I forgot all this stuff. Because it's been a while since I've watched these episodes. And I completely forgot. I mean, I just absolutely lost it when Kay brought the motorcycle into the hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. It, it makes me want... And I don't mean to be mean when I say this, but it makes me wonder if they really didn't know what they wanted to do in the series yet. You know? Because mm. we're, we're going... Totally, the episodes kind of change from episode to episode early on. Yeah. And it, and it does make me kind of wonder if, like, they weren't quite sure how they wanted to, like, focus the dirty pair. You know? Whether they would wanted to focus more on action or sci-fi action comedy. or comedy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, any other thoughts on the episode, Liam? Uh, I actually watched it with my cat, interestingly. <laughs> um, but I, it's fine. I mean, it's it's funny. It, it's funny. It, it just is a little jarring when you think about, okay, can I have a, like a, a chalkboard of what's going on here? Because I need a flow chart. Got... Can I get a flow chart, yeah. please? 
Because, yeah. God, there's so much of this. The only thing we're missing is Illinois Nazis. That's the only thing we're missing. Yeah. I just... Oh, God. It's... It's 22 minutes of nonstop. <laughs> Pretty nonsense. Yeah, I can hear the Benny Hill theme playing in the background for <laughs> shit. I mean, but you know, it's fine. It's not. It's not a. I wouldn't call it bad. No. It's just it's it's exhausting. <laughs> it, it's very strange. It's a very yeah. strange episode. It is a very anime episode. You yeah, know, it really is. A lot of the over the top stuff that comedy anime tends to do. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff you'd see in Oran High School Host Club. You wouldn't expect to see it in a show called Dirty Pair, but you know. No, the explosion should have been bigger. <laughs> it's just, uh, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, uh, Liam uh, does uh, parody fan dubs from time to time. Uh, if you have not, look up Morons, M apostrophe O U R A N S. He did that a while back. It is a goofy little uh, bridge thing of Warren High School Host Club, and it's one of the funniest goddamn things you will ever see. <laughs> Whilst I'm more than happy to support my co stars, um, is it something we need to see in the um, source material first? No. Not really. I've it's, never seen Orin High School Host Club in my life, and I died it's, laughing. It's a total bastardization of the series, honestly. So. Fair enough. All right, so, Michelle, what did you think of I, this episode? Uh, I laughed so much. It was like... As I kind of mentioned before, like reading the subtitles, sometimes you get a punchline before you the, the dialogue's actions caught up with it. But this one kind of didn't. It was just so fast paced that it didn't matter, and reading it didn't seem to make a difference. Um, one thing I will say that I didn't catch straight away was so you have in the big chase. There is kind of indications that they are coming up to a gap in the road, like a construction area. And when the helicopter guy was like, hey, I haven't finished this bit of the thing, back up, please. I didn't realize they were on a section. I thought, like, hey, back up, you're about to go over a ravine or, you know, over the over the drop. And then when it panned out and it was like, oh, they're, oh, they're actually on the suspended bit that isn't even set yet. I'm like, oh, well, that's just fucking funny. That's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they start yo-yoing and, like, going the wibble wobble table. Like, yeah, no, that's just... That's the sort of shit you can only do in a cartoon. Yep. <laughs> that is like... Or a Fast uh, and Furious movie, I guess. <laughs> I haven't seen them, but... Which is possibly the same thing, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, yeah, I think... Um, the story is what there was. I mean, kind of predictable. Like, you know, once the female wrestler is introduced as, like, being related to one of the scientists, it's just like... Especially when you see the back of their heads, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair enough. But that didn't distract from it. It was like, it's like, is it predictable because I'm talking about it in 2020? Or is, you know, was it as cliche when it was originally filmed? When it was originally written? I don't know. So, is it modernized? I mean, having watched it? a decent amount of anime at the time, I don't mm. know say so necessarily. In fact, it's it's actually kind of interesting how a lot of sci-fi anime of the time was pretty, like, continuous in its story. It wasn't really yeah. broken up in chunks like this. Like, if you watch, like, yeah. Cobra, Cobra didn't necessarily follow a, a main structure, but it had arcs. Yeah. So, like, you know. But no, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I 
um, yeah, it was just like, and then when you get to the thing of like, it's the wrong cat, and it's like, oh, really? I mean, I, again, that's exactly. I can't remember. There's like a couple of like famous examples. I think no, they call me the drum or whatever. Famous examples of their kind of their genre that are like, oh, work. This is so cliche. Oh no, wait. These made the cliche. This is where the cliche started. And I say, like, I wonder if it's the same sort of thing here, where it's like it's early enough that oh, it's the wrong cat. Oh, you're doing this bit. It's it's the um, the person you met five minutes ago kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But, I have no idea. But so, yeah, no, just just funny. It and, is. It is. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, um, <laughs> we have Cryodos' Heartbeat, which is essentially another chase, but not as funny. No. Um, this one is definitely more action-oriented than mm-hmm. uh, The Chase Smells of Cheesecake and Death. <laughs> as evidenced by the titles. <laughs> by the sheer difference in titles. And this one's a little weird because we're not entirely sure because this one pretty much just drops you immediately into it and everything that happened there's very little setup for this episode. You just mm. have to go with what they're doing. Yeah. So we start off with This one they're not chasing pussy. Sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> You can cut that if you want. Oh, I'm not cutting it. We're keeping that in. (laughs) Everybody is going to see that and shame you for it. That is at Lack the Watcher on Twitter. (laughs) Please shame Liam for that joke. (laughs) Repeatedly. Incessantly. Five years from now, I want people to find that Twitter, find this podcast and shame Liam for that joke. (laughs) I'm a bastard. I'll be like, what the hell are they talking... Oh, right. One stupid joke and you never live it down. Yeah. Well, that's the internet for you. Yep. (laughs) Hey, if it can happen to James Gunn, hey-oh! Ooh. Ooh. Edgy. Careful. I'm going to cut myself on that edge. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. Anyway, back to Kratos' heartbeat. Okay, so the episode opens... And um, and yes, I'm keeping that in too, because goddamn it, I deserve to be shamed for that. <laughs> that is at shallow fifteen s h a l l o w one five. And five years. And five years from now. He won't remember five minutes from now. His memory's so bad. Love you, babe. <laughs> You're never coming on this show again. Fair <laughs> Some people might say that's a mercy. Um, <laughs> all right. Serious. Okay, getting into the actual episode. All right, so we start off with what appears to be a computer terminal saying something like uh, execution countdown 7200, and it starts counting down. And going from the speed at which it counts down, it looks like that 7200 seconds, which I did the math, is about two hours. Yep. Um, meanwhile, in space, the greatest segue of all time... Um, Kay and Yuri are on a ship. It is a rental for some reason. They're not in their normal ship. They are flying somewhere. We have no idea where. Um, they are there. Moogie is not. Nanmo is there. So we get an episode where Moogie saves the day. And we get an episode where Nanmo saves the day. But we'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, basically, after a certain point in the conversation, we come to realize that Kay is on her way to the planet Antares to meet up with a guy that he that she met at some resort. We see a photograph of her and him on the beach. Kay, uh, Yuri asks Kay why she's interested. Kay's response, he's younger. May I remind you that Kay and Yuri are canonically 19. I don't want to know how young this kid is. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I was... All right. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of gap there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we had a character's name, Romeo and Juliet, in the last episode, so Romeo and Juliet lost, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Here's where all the people go, well, back then, the age of consent... Oh, shut up. By the way, that argument doesn't apply in modern times anymore. The, the age of consent in Japan is now 18, just like just about everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> 16. Okay, thank yeah. you. 16 <laughs> in the UK, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can get into that if you want, but basically, yeah, 16. Okay. Anyway, um, so but- while they're out flying in space, all of a sudden this thing. We have no idea what it is. It's just big, white, and shiny. Mm-hmm. Shows up. We hear an ominous voice yelling die. Then there's a big flash of light and it disappears. They have no idea what the hell's going on. Um, the ship gets damaged. Their ship gets damaged. and with the Things that happen. Um, Kay's like you know, neon pink coffee or whatever the hell it is she's drinking spills all over her. And so they decide to stop on a nearby planet and uh, swing by a hotel so Kay can get cleaned up. Except when they land, the planet apparently has some sort of regulation that they don't allow people in rental spacecraft to depart the spaceport. I don't understand this rule. I mean... It might be a Japanese thing. It might be. It might be a cultural thing. I mean, you get the impression that obviously the guy giving them a hard time is just, you know, some bureaucratic pencil dick who gets off on everything must be by the book, you know. Mm. I mean, you get that impression too. (laughs) I have one job and I will do it to the best of my abilities. We call it jobs worth. More than what jobs worth, mate. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kay gets frustrated. Yuri's all this. Um, finally, they pull the IDs, and it's like, of course, dirty pair, lovely angels. And they're like, oh, yes, we'll let you through. Fine, no problem. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating either. It literally says, please don't yeah. kill me. <laughs> yeah. That happens. So they go into the city. Kay starts getting, gets in the shower, gets somewhat dressed. She gets into her underwear. That song is so bad. The song, oh yeah, this whole thing starts with Kay loving this song that made it to number one on the charts. Oh my god, it's so bad. It is a terrible, terrible song, which might be the joke. Yeah, I feel like it's the joke because Dirty Pair has good music. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's really weird that this would be the. you know, like chart topping. It's like one. it's like I don't. I know it's. I I know the this is this isn't exactly fair, but it's the best comparison I can have. It's like Justin Bieber only whiter. <laughs> I 
I okay, maybe this is a cultural thing, but I don't didn't totally hate it because it sounded like a lot of the stuff I grew up listening to, like the stock Hank and Mortman stuff. It's just really bland. That's, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the problem. I mean, like it, it's it's not worth getting angry over. It's no. just it's really bland and it's just so funny to listen to. And first of all, it doesn't even sound like the kind of music Kay would be into. But she <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> She loves wrestling and really generic, bland pop music. She's a <laughs> and food. She loves food. And food. And men who are younger than her. Yes. <laughs> boys. Boys. <laughs> K is a K is K is a well-rounded human being. She is. <laughs> and this move. And this episode is going to make sure you know it because she spends the next ten minutes. In her underwear. I have to say, um, as a token female, um, I didn't necessarily find it gratuitous because it was established she was in the shower and she hadn't a chance to get. Oh yeah, it's not it's not gratuitous in the way that you know modern anime is, but it's still definitely fan servicey. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice set though. But to be fair, they do kind of explain why her lingerie looks like that because of the fact that she's getting ready to go on a date. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is kind of oh, they're they're actually kind of clever how they approach this. Yeah, we actually put some thought into our fan service and are trying to justify yeah. it, <laughs> which is honestly one of the appeals of Dirty Pair. Like no joke. Like, yeah. They, they, yeah. Like yeah, they've got two really cute girls as their main characters, but they really put a lot of thought into how they present them. Yep. So, yeah. As we've established, Kay and Yuri are very comfortable with their sexuality. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean it's. But anyway, um, so Kay's in in the bathroom getting getting dressed or trying to at any rate. When all of a sudden, giant insect arm comes crashing through the wall. <laughs> Meanwhile, out on the street, Yuri is being pursued by drones. <laughs> <laughs> and just before this happened, she's out on the street and she just suddenly hears the damn voice again and the, sees the clock. And again, mm. then the drones attack. Um, Exit pursued by chaos. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Kay's, <laughs> Yuri's getting pursued by about three drones, which are blasting lasers everywhere. Kay is fighting off another... It turns out it's another drone, just a really, really big one, that's, you know, tearing the damn hotel apart. Kay actually winds up out on the street in her underwear, throws a hapless... Is it another cop? Yeah, yeah. throws another hapless cop at it. (laughs) And to be fair, he's very good at his job. He is. Mm -hmm. He's a good cop. He's a good cop in a bad city. He doesn't like. He doesn't like try to perv on the pretty girl in her underwear. No, he does not. Doesn't even seem to really question why there's a pretty girl in her underwear on the street. Yeah. Well, she she makes it seem like she's being attacked, which to be fair, she is. But just not the way he thinks. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, basically, both girls get chased. Yuri finds her way back to the ship, takes off, you know, after, you know, uh, the bureaucratic <laughs> goon is like, you need to go through the departure procedure. That's only if we went through the arrival procedure. <laughs> I did laugh. <laughs> so she takes off with Nanmo in the ship. The drones follow. She's going to fire missiles, and then she realizes, oh, crap, this isn't our ship. This is the rental that has... This is the civilian rental that has no weaponry. 
Um, eventually, uh, she manages to pick up Kay from the street, and they take off getting off the planet, which shows that, you know, the wanton destruction they create, they're, they are trying to not get, get anybody else killed. Mm. They don't always succeed, but they do try. Once, once they get out, the shiny, glowy thing shows up again, only this time it doesn't warp, and we discover what it is is a huge ship that looks like basically a giant anus surrounded by rolling pins in space. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong! You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I not how I would have described it, but yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> it looked like Red Dwarf. What, the, root, the, the front of it, anyway. Yeah, the front yeah. of the Red Dwarf. It, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is funny, because Red Dwarf yeah. wouldn't air for another two years. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. But I, I remember when we got to that scene, I was thinking, you know, for television, and this is a, this is a uh, you know, shout out to uh, Sunrise, and how good they were, like, in the 80s, is, like, the ship had a lot of great detail. Oh, it did. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's meant to be an ugly, imposing thing, but even in the ugliness, the detail's amazing on it. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks movie quality. Like it honestly. does. It so. does. If you could, I, you could easily drop that into like the background of something like Project Eden, and you know, mm. it wouldn't look yeah. out of place in the slightest. <clears throat> um. Anyway, so they do some analysis, they realize that the ship is the Cryodos, which was basically a hazardous materials disposal ship. More or less. And they realize that, okay, so this thing is apparently trying to kill us. Because it wasn't trying... Because basically... Um, oh yeah, I almost forgot. They get, into, they get in there, so once they get in there, um, all the drones surround the ship. Yuri says, let's let them do what they want to do, because they're not trying to kill us, they're trying to take us somewhere. So the drone ships are flying them toward the Kratos. In the meantime, they have Nanmo cross-reference anyone that they that might have a grudge against them, against the crew, against who are anybody who was affiliated with the ship. Well, they go through the list, and here's where once again we have fun with English lettering in Japanese cartoons. Um, as mentioned in an earlier episode, uh, we saw where there was a bunch of names being displayed. We saw the entire cast of the original Star Trek. Um, <laughs> famously, in a couple of non-anime examples, uh, in uh, Sailor Moon, for example, episode 174, there's a scene where Ami, Sailor Mercury, is printing out what she says is a bunch of stuff from the Columbia University Library. And if you actually read it and can read English, it's the lyrics to Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. <laughs> then there's a display she pulls up as Sailor Mercury in another episode and the display is once again in English and it's the directives from Robocop um, so yeah we have fun with this the list of names that goes down are all 80's rock stars there's like B. Springsteen, Phil Collins I think Kenny Loggins is on there um, <laughs> So, like I said, 80s rock stars with grudges. <laughs> anyway, they finally discover that the guy who designed the ship, J.S. Kriados, um, they ha would have had a grudge against them because he was addicted to a type of drug on a certain planet, and they shut down the entire thing. They shut down the entire... Um, 
the entire operation. Well, Kratos had killed himself about a year and a half before this story takes place. Um, basically, this whole thing is a giant... This whole thing is a giant death trap that he somehow set up. I don't know if the ship was actively looking for Kay and Yuri. The episode never makes it clear. Or if they just happened to be in the same area of space and that triggered it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... But apparently the entire plan is to get Kay and Yuri to this ship, which I guess it will eventually self-destruct, killing them in the process. Because the drones destroy the ship, so Kay's never getting that rental deposit back. <laughs> um, and they get, they have, advent, they're in spacesuits, so they float around, they have a few adventures with the ship trying to kill them and the drones and whatnot. They finally land on the drones, which activate some sort of magnetic thing on there so you know they're both on two of the drones and they get hauled to the center of the thing where there's this giant skeletal robot looking thing which I guess is the central CPU that's executing this program that Kratos had created to just to kill Kay and Yuri this is actually very elaborate <laughs> this is like the jigsaw killer would look at this and go okay that's a bit much <laughs> um yeah dude turn it down <laughs> yeah Chris Rock would be like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're trying to figure out what to do. They're trapped. They can't really do anything. It's still counting down. They're down to like the last couple of minutes. Nanmo suddenly ejects its memory disc and hands it to Kay, hands it to Yuri, and Kay figures it out. At the, you, This ship and this whole thing seems to have been programmed to deal with anything Kay and Yuri can throw at it. But the problem, but the thing is, unfortunately for Kratos and his plan, is that he died a year and a half ago. They've apparently only had Nanmo for a year, so they, Nanmo's a spoiler basically for this entire plan. Um, not a spoiler, and we're going to spoil this. We're just going to spoil the whole fucking scheme, more or less. Not a spoiler, yeah. as in here's the big twist that's coming. So Kay figures out that Nanma wants them that Nanma wants them to use its self-destruct to take out the central computer. Which they do, because as long as they've got the memory disk, they can just build a whole new shell for Nanmo. Mm. And um, so they use it, destroy the computer, everything's fine, the countdown stops, and then Kay ditches Yuri. <laughs> she discovers one of the drones is actually a ship. And is going to use that ship to fly to Antares and meet with her underage boyfriend. Um, Kay kind of gets the last laugh. Yuri kind of gets the last laugh a little bit by pointing out before after Kay takes off that uh, no space no no spaceport is going to let you dock with a ship that contaminated. Because <laughs> once again, this was a way hazmat disposal s- s- ship. Yeah. And pretty much that's how it ends. Kate yeah. just abandoned Jury on this ship. It's like, okay, we've told our story. We're getting out now. <laughs> um, this one's okay. Misters before sisters. Yep, pretty much, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one's okay. It's not bad. I mean, it's not as funny as the chase yeah. smells of cheesecake and death. But... Uh, I, I'm fine with it. It's not bad. It's just fairly, again, another fairly bare bones. Here's the story we're telling. Go to it. Enjoy the next twenty. Yeah. Enjoy the I next mean, it's twenty-two good to have minutes. A more, it's good to have a more straightforward story after one that kind of goes like in so many different places. Like the previous one. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Um, um, I, I think a problem maybe with them coming side by side is the fact that they're also ones that are constantly moving. Um, and I, I, I feel like you look at like the the episode where they're they're at the casino, and it's like that one is pretty much stuck in one place, and then it comes right right before you know the cheese you know cheesecake, and it's like you have two like diametrically opposite episodes. Problem is you've got cheesecake and you now got Krydos, which while they while Krydos is a little more straightforward, it still is a lot of them getting up and going. Yeah. So mm. there there is kind of an element of they may not pair so well. Bless you. Excuse me. They may not pair so well. Go ahead. They may not pair so well because they're similar in that sense. Yeah. So, um, Michelle, what do you think of this episode? Um, I I liked it. Um, I'm glad that I gave myself like, like 10, 15, 20 minutes between episodes. Because if I think I like, literally watched them back to back, I mean, there would have been way more tonal whiplash than I had. Um, so I'm glad, yeah, I took a break. Uh, the artwork was like the, um, I don't think there was so much of this in the, the previous episode, but when they did the flash effects and you just see their face like, like it's kind of sketchy black and white. I thought that was really cool. That was like a like yeah. That's a, a that's a fairly standard um, '80s anime trope. Yep, still looks neat though. It does. You know, it does. It is. It, it is. And like I said, the um, I agree with you on the artwork and that. Um, tension wise, I mean, it wasn't like I've seen things that are like instability. It, you did feel it kind of ratcheting up and like, Ooh, what is actually going to happen? What? Are, how are they going to get out of this? Um, so, for me, watching it, you know, not. Not having experienced much of the show, like um, anime in general, I was like, you know what, this is, you know, I'm, I am curious. I want to know what happens. I want to know they're they're okay. Um, so in that sense, it worked. I, well, I did want to say one thing um, as a more general comment. Um, the last episode, you the podcast, you were saying about how Momo is no way in any way a rip of R two D two. And I have to, I know you were being sarcastic, but I have to kind of agree for not that reason. Um, because I don't think he's a ripoff of um, R2-D2. I think design-wise, he's a ripoff of the little robots in Silent Running. If you remember that 70s movie. I've never seen it, so... It's a, it's a deep car, and if you if you look up um, some pictures from it, you'll see what I mean. It's basically you the little spot bodies... And the oh yeah, the one legs. with like the garden, right? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the silent running, but I know it. Yeah. So. Uh, the song was better. Um, but, um, yeah, that was kind of like, physically, um, it reminded me more of, the, of those little robots. Oh, I see. Okay. I just looked them up. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like I said, the, the, the actual Kratos itself was like really beautiful, like a really nice um, painting or is it is it painting? Yeah, it's a painting. It's a ba- yeah. the background painters. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I didn't get immediate ram scoop feel. I thought more. Um, is it Unicron? The like the main um, home for the, the Transformers. Of uh, the movie, yeah, that '86 movie, yeah. I don't know if it was a deliberate thing, but that it, for me there was more like, oh, it looks kind of like that. Well, again, uh, not deliberate because this came out in '85, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess everything takes off something else. Yep. Did Transformers the movie? 
Yeah. Transformers the movie uh, came out in '86, and I think yeah, Toei. Yeah. I think Toei actually did the animation for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sun Sunbow Productions, Marvel Productions. Yeah. Toei anime. Yep. Mm. That makes sense. Um, to your point about the the Jobsworth um, guy at the port. Again, I yeah, thinking about it, like I'm not sure why they would accept rentals and if this port is a um um yeah, it, obviously they they're stopping there to go to a hotel. Isn't most people unless you're on a, a, a business specifically there for business, aren't most people thirsting and therefore more likely to have a rental vehicle rather than their own? Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, so you don't, but I suppose you let the commercial vehicles just fine and people who own their own ships just fine. Okay, yeah. whatever. Um, unless, you know, spaceship rental is like a really shady thing in the twenty in the 23rd century. Uh, 22nd century, rather. Uh, I mean, who knows? It's like, it's one of those things like, in the moment, they probably thought it would be like a funny thing, just as an obstacle for that moment. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hold up under analysis. No, it does not. All right. Um, so, having seen these two episodes, Michelle, would you see uh, more episodes of the Dirty Pair on your own? Yeah, probably. It. it, it but, um, outside of it being like total whiplash, and as Liam was saying that you know maybe it was still trying to find its feet. Having two episodes that are more diametrically opposed to each other, you've got like the really hilarious one, and then you've got the one that is a little bit darker, a little bit more suspenseful, even though, yeah, okay, they're both chase stories. But it is showing like two ends of a spectrum. It's not just like um, funny, 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 and it's in randomly you get a darker one, or dark, 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 and randomly you get a funny one. So it gives you a bit, possibly a bit more flavor to what the overall thing is. Um, so yeah, I probably would. It, it seems like fun. Alright, great. Uh, Liam, any final thoughts on these episodes? Pretty much everything I felt about the episode uh, no. I've already said so, like, no, nothing really to add. So, uh, yeah, uh, these were some pretty good ones. Uh, maybe not the best ones to start with. Um, no. No, but once you're, if you're fully invested by this point, you'll, you'll have a lot of fun with both these episodes, I think. Alright, mm. uh, next time, episode 6 and 7. Uh... Which should be interesting. I think we're going to get another case of tonal whiplash uh, from these two. Uh, episode 6, a lot of danger, a lot of dummies. And love is everything, betting their lives on elopement. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have some fun with those ones with our guests next time. Uh, don't know who that will be just yet. I have somebody in particular that I would like to have on the show for these episodes. Um, i got to see if they're available, but we'll find out. And uh, hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll get this next episode out pretty quick. Uh, we seem to be falling into a groove of scheduling. As long as we can get our guests here at the same time, everything should right. be fine. Um, Phoenix. Sorry, Michelle, Phoenix, same person. <laughs> you got anything you yeah. want to plug? <sighs> uh, yeah, um, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, so I have my Twitter is Phoenix Levers, P-H-E-O-N-I-X-1-1. Um, I have a YouTube channel, same name. Um, in which I do unboxings and film reviews, and I'm currently reviewing um, Doctor Who and Picard as as they're broadcasting. Um, go check out my Picard reviews because they don't have as many watchers, many people watching them. Um, as Erin mentioned at the beginning, I am also part of Thespian Talk, 
Um, not sure when it's coming back. That's all down to Goma and his um, crazy schedule. But, you know, look forward to that when it finally arrives again. And also, kind of excitingly, I am playing the voice of Chaiki in Zenith Full Rules new series. Chiaki. Uh, Chiaki. Well, I said Chaiki in my thing and she didn't ask me to re-record it, so... <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's starting... Um, the storyline is starting in her um, History of One Piece episode one, but from what, I, um, from what we... the brief conversation we had about it, um, the kitters will probably turn up randomly in anywhere in her series, so look out for that when that goes live. Um, just for her, might be one bit, a bit you know, just a tiny little piece, but yeah, check, check her out just to give her love and support. All right, and uh, Liam, if people want to find you on the social medias, where they can where can they find you? They can find me at uh, like the washer on Twitter. Um, I'm my YouTube page, Liam slash. <laughs> Not really much with that right now, but that's but, where you can uh, find morons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, not much else. Uh, I'm like the one, but I don't post much necessarily there. Um, and yeah, that's about it. All right. So. And you can find me on Twitter at shallow15, S-H-A-L-L-O-W-1-5. Also on YouTube, youtube.com backslash dubiouscon, D-U-B-I-O-U-S-K-H-A-N. Also, if you'd like to continue to support this madness and maybe, you know, anything else that I do, because I do all the production for this, uh, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash dubiouscon, D-U-B-I-O-U-S-K-H-A-N. If you want to throw a couple of bucks that way, uh, as little as $1 a month helps. And, uh, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So, uh, thank you, uh, Michelle, for being on the show. Thank you, Liam, as always, for putting up with this. <laughs> you don't get to go anywhere, though. You're in it for the long nope. haul. <laughs> yep. Well, I love the dirty pairs. So. so, yeah, that that helps. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we will see you next time with a lot of danger, a lot of dummies, and love is everything, betting their lives on elopement. That may or may not be the titles that Mizomi gave it. I'm going by what's on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Wikipedia, when you can't do real research. <laughs> all right, we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.